All right, I'd like to welcome everyone to another edition of Coach Starnes Raw. Uh, you know, this week, you know, our football season uh, ended, and we talked a little about that last week. But, man, this is a great time of year. It's, uh, I mean, the college football scene, everything's starting to starting to work itself out in the college football playoff. This is an exciting time of year. NFL, NFL's right in the in the meat of what I call the meat of their season, and you get a lot of upsets. It's this is the these are what the dog days of the NFL season because it's right in the middle, and you know teams are tired, teams are beat up, and and you see a lot of upsets. It's I mean it's that again any any given Sunday anybody can win, even the Texans. Yes, even the Texans. Thank goodness they were off last week. Um, but but it's a great time of year. And in high school, there's nothing better than Texas high school football playoffs. Uh, you know, as growing up around the game, one thing I, gosh, I used to do, I used to fill out brackets for every classification. I followed every classification from six-man all the way to what was then the biggest classification, 5A. And I would do my own picks, and I would sit there, and I would follow, and I would keep up with every score, every pick for every high school game. And I would follow every classification from first round, again, to championship. And, you know, you get familiar with a lot of these towns, and, and just with you familiarize yourself with, with high school football. And, and it's something that, again, that was special for me growing up, and, and it's still special. And just looking forward to watching great high school football. And... You know, now they stream the games. We have that Texan Live app on my TV at home. I can watch any of them. You know, but but there's something about going to a game as well. And you know, I'm going to go to the game this Friday at uh, Rose Stadium, which I believe is between number two College Station and number five Frisco Lone Star. So looking forward to that because when you go to those games, I mean, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like the excitement of two high schools playing in the playoffs. It's 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 extraordinary. I remember some of my best memories are going when I was oh, I was in middle school, high school, and even into college and even into my career, I'd go with my dad to the Astrodome and we'd sit in the uh in the end zone in the Astrodome in the second devil. That's where all the coaches sat. It was kinda like a coaching convention up there. We just sat there and we would watch because they would have three playoff games a day in the Astrodome. And this was first round, second round. I mean it was it was just such a cool experience. But I remember going and staying out there all day and watching high school football from noon to, you know, goodness, sometimes 10, 11 o'clock at night. And we would just sit there and we'd talk to all the coaches. We'd, we'd visit, and it was just such a cool experience. And, I, you know, I really remember that. It was something special for me. But it was just, it was just a great experience having all those games in there. And, and a lot of times we participated in them as well. We, we were part of that at CE King. But, but just a great experience. There's, there's nothing like Texas high school football. I love college football. Love NFL football, but there's nothing like Texas high school football. Now, let's move on to college. Um, man, there's a lot of a lot of things. This was a big weekend. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about the Aggie game. I, I don't want to talk about it. Um, very disappointing, just because we we're, we're finally bursting on the scene. We have an outside chance to slip into the SEC championship and. And just just don't get it done at Ole Miss. But I don't I don't I really don't want to be 100 percent honest. I don't want to talk about it. But um, but looking forward, you know, not other than that, not a lot happened other than that, and then Baylor beating Oklahoma, uh, in the top ten. So you know the top the top seven that they reveal every Tuesday, of course, didn't move, and and it shouldn't have. 
I think it's it was pretty stagnant and you know and 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 but this week is this week I think is going to be exceptional. There's going to be I think there could be a lot of movement this week, especially with that big matchup between Ohio State and Michigan State this week. Really anxious to watch that one. But you know, a lot of people have asked. You know, back to the upset I just talked about Baylor at at Oklahoma. Not at Oklahoma, it was at Baylor, but Baylor over Oklahoma. And, you know, a lot of questions have come up, and I've been asked, you know, what about that at the end of the game? Was that necessary at the end of the game to kick the field goal? And and I think absolutely. I mean, one thing I know, again, back to high school playoffs, when, about this time of year, or, you know, about that time of year, in, uh, you know, with about week eight, week nine, as a coaching staff, we are sitting down in the office and we are looking at tiebreaker possibilities each district in high school football has a tiebreaker and you have to know those tiebreakers because there's many times it comes down to that tiebreaker same thing in college point spread is their is their tiebreaker after head-to-head it is important because they lost oklahoma state baylor lost oklahoma state by 10 they were ahead by 10 it is very important that they kick that field goal and get every point they can that's 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 that hats off to coach aranda for being aware of that situation that was the right decision. Lincoln Riley can get upset all he wants. Now, I would be upset, too, about the storming the field with time left on the clock. That that needed to be under control. They they should have controlled that better. That's not under – and but that's not on Coach Rand and his staff. They have no control over that. That should have been under control. They should not have been able to storm the field before the game was over or before the time ran off the clock. But kick the field goal? Absolutely. Absolutely, because if it comes down to a tiebreaker and it comes down to that point spread and that field goal makes a difference of, of whether they get to go to the Big 12 championship or not, that's that's a huge decision. And I thought Coach Riley should have handled that a little better. Yes, we're all upset after you know you drop a tough game, but but that's but but that was the right decision to kick the field goal. Now. On to a few other topics. You know, one thing, it seems like this is happening earlier and earlier every year. And I'm not saying right, wrong, I'm, or indifferent. But coaches are getting let go, you know, in college football earlier and earlier. You know, Texas Tech coach got fired after being 5-3. and three. You know, Coach Patterson's out at TCU. Now the Virginia Tech job's open. Some of these big jobs, LSU's already announced, of course, Ogeron's not coming back. So now you have these openings, and you know Tech already found their guy, and I think I think that was a great hire. That is a great hire for Texas Tech. Uh, you know, high school high school football in this state holds a lot of weight, and hiring Coach McGuire was definitely the right decision. He did an outstanding job at Cedar Hill. He's a great he's a good person. He's a great leader. And I, and I think he's going to do great things at Texas Tech. So I think that was a good hire. I, I don't I don't know I'm not going to necessarily agree with with the firing of the other coach, but I think that's a good hire. I think that's a good move. And being a Texas high school football coach, I think it's important and it shows the value of being a successful Texas high school football coach and and that you can be successful at the next level, being a high school football coach and. And they've done it over, you know, over and over again. And so, just again, I thought that was a good hire by Texas Tech. Um, 
So, you know, moving forward, I want to talk about one of the themes I want to talk about before I get into the games this week. One of the themes I want to talk about, and I heard it a lot last week because I actually got to watch College Game Day. And, and of course, yeah, this is their job, and they're trying to hype up games and and so forth. But the tempo offense, I heard, I heard it over and over again, especially, you know, when they're talking about Tennessee against Georgia. Georgia better watch out. Tennessee has a great tempo. They snap it faster than anybody. But they're still full at five and five. That's that's great, and you know people fall in love with that. But the tempo offense is not going to get you where you want to go. And what I mean by tempo offense, it's it's important to be able to run a tempo portion in your or a tempo, a fast tempo aspect of your offense. That's important for you to be able to do that and to go in and out and change tempo. But these offenses that try to snap it as many times as they possibly can the whole game. This does not benefit them in the end. How many times do we see a team win a championship that's a tempo offense? Rarely do we see that. But they might catch somebody sleeping one week, or they might slip up on somebody. They might beat inferior teams because they're making they're snapping it over and over again. But let's see the two the two teams in the spotlight on Saturday that did it. Tennessee, they did it and they jumped on Georgia early. And so I was sitting there and watching. It. People were like, "Oh my gosh." Tennessee is beating Georgia. Watch it. Let's watch. I said, hold on. It's still the first quarter. It takes time to adjust. It's like playing the flex bone. It, sometimes it takes time to adjust to the speed of the flex bone that it's happening because you can't simulate it. Same thing with these tempo offenses. It's hard to simulate what they do, but once you get comfortable with it, it's less effective because they're not focusing on, on great efficiency in their game or – being very efficient at what they do. They're focusing on doing it as fast as you can, and they're they're not paying attention to great detail. You know, Oregon kind of brought this in with Chip Kelly. They did a they did a they're kind of the one of the first to to play this style. And they had a lot of success with it, but but really how many ch- national championships did they win at Oregon? With really good talent. Same thing at Tennessee. I think I think Heupel's done a great job, but I think you tempo yourself out of the game. I watched Ole Miss do it against AM. AM's an elite defense. Ole Miss comes out, tempos them early, but then uh AM's defense shut them down. When they get in the red zone, the field shortens. It's not as effective. And so these aspects of these tempo offenses. If you don't score from afar, it's hard, it's harder to score in the red zone because you're not focused on execution. You're focused on just going as fast as you can. Execution matters, and execution really matters when you're playing good teams. And so you see these old again, Ole Miss and Tennessee are the two examples I'd use from this past weekend. They jump out early, and they're tempo early, and it's effective early, but when the defense catches up, your effectiveness goes by the wayside. Your effectiveness is gone. And Now, what what happened for Ole Miss, though, is they were able to rely on their defense. Ole Miss's defense won that game Saturday. Not Ole Miss's offense. A&M's, A&M's defense did what it's supposed to do as an elite defense against a very good offense and very explosive offense. They shut them down in the red zone, and they shut them down in the second half. A&M lost that game on offense. A&M lost that game because it was unable to move the ball against a very suspect Ole Miss defense. Same thing in the Tennessee-Georgia game. Tennessee jumped out on Georgia, but Georgia 
Georgia eventually caught up with the tempo offense very quickly, actually, and then shut it down. Yes, Tennessee had jumped out with 10 points in the first quarter, and then I don't think they scored the next ones until the end of the fourth when the game was already decided. Georgia's defense shut them down. A&M's defense shut Ole Miss down. That tempo offense, people fall in love with it because it's cool, it, it looks fun and all that, but it, it does not win football games week in and week out, and especially when you're playing good defenses because you have to be not just play fast – you have to be efficient at what you do, and you have to focus on execution. That's what beats good teams. Execution beats good teams, not playing fast. So that's my take on tempo offense. But I think tempo is very important in your offense. Good offenses can go up tempo when they need to, and they can go slow tempo all in the same <clears throat> in the same game in the same situation. They can go. They can change. Good offenses execute at a high level. And they can change the tempo within a game. That's what good offenses can do. Not see how many times you can snap it. So that's my take on that. But, you know, that was, again, now moving forward to this weekend, this is a big weekend in college football. Okay, you know, you have some teams like A&M and Mississippi State that have, you know, they have games against FCS schools. But but you have some big big games on the docket. Baylor at Kansas State. I want to see. You know, we talked last week about about the mental state of teams and the mental state of these young athletes, and how the mental side plays such a significant role in their execution and on their performance on Saturdays. Will Baylor have a letdown after Oklahoma? Will they? You know, they were looking forward to Oklahoma and slipped up against TCU. Now are they gonna? Are they gonna? have a hangover from beating Oklahoma at a good at a solid Kansas State team that's very well coached. So I'm anxious to see how Baylor responds to that. That's a very important game in the Big 12. Now, of course, the big game of the weekend, again, like I mentioned earlier, is Michigan State, Ohio State. How is that one going to pan out? Because, you know, everybody loves right now, Ohio State just rolled Purdue, and they did. Purdue's not the same team on the road that they are at home. That's a different game if it's a night game in West Lafayette. So, but I'm anxious to see it. Good news for Ohio State, it's at home. I know they lost a tough home game to Oregon early on the year, but I'm very anxious to see this. I mean, if I had to if I had to to pick it, I'm I'm thinking Ohio State's gonna I think Ohio State will will win handedly at home against Michigan State. I'm thinking double digit. That's just I, that's what I think. I think I think Ohio State wins by double digits because they're going to be focused. And but again, they're at home. If it was at Michigan State, could be a much tighter football game. Outside of that, Wisconsin. I talked last week about, and I've been on Wisconsin for a while now. Wisconsin is going to be a force to be reckoned with. You know, too often, and this is why this was my main argument for expansion of the playoffs. I understand the Bulls. I understand all the stuff, and, and, and week to week is like a playoff, and it is. But too often teams get kicked out early because they might just not start fast, like Wisconsin. Wisconsin lost three t- three tough games early on, what, to Notre Dame, to Michigan, and I believe Penn State, all ranked teams at that time. But now they're one of the best teams in the country. They run the ball and they play great defense. All great football teams can run the ball and play great defense. Teams that win consistently run the football and play great defense. 
That's what Wisconsin does, and they're doing it at an extremely high level right now. And so Wisconsin, everybody's overlooking Wisconsin, overlooking Wisconsin. Wisconsin's going to be a force to be reckoned with because I think they're going to be in that Big Ten championship. And whoever emerges from the other division, Ohio State, Michigan, or Michigan State, is going to have their hands full with Wisconsin. Coach Chris has done an outstanding job, and they might be one of the best teams in the nation right now. I saw that with A&M in Manziel's first year at quarterback. You know, they just took them a while to get going. They lost a tight game to LSU in Florida, I believe, that year. But by the end of the year, A&M was the best team in the country. But they lost those two games early in the season. And so it did not – they ended up having to play Oklahoma and, and wipe the floor with Oklahoma and, I believe, the Cotton Bowl. I think it was the Cotton Bowl. But A&M finished – I think A&M finished the season the best team in the in the nation that year. Wisconsin is one of the best teams, I think, in the nation right now. I could be proven wrong, but I think they are. They just had those slip-ups early on in the year. So, that's my take on that. I don't I don't think the current system rewards teams that peak at the end of the year. Alabama, Arkansas. It'll be interesting. It's at Alabama. Uh, I think Alabama's going to win this game. Pretty handedly, I don't think I think Arkansas has kind of lost some of its edge that it had early on. It's a tough season. That's a tough gauntlet. You know, they beat Texas, which obviously doesn't look great now after that. After watching, I got to see that overtime game. Whew. Anyways, um, but I think Arkansas has lost some of its edge, and so I think they're going to give. I think they'll give Alabama a tough test, but I think Alabama is going to pull away, and I think Alabama is going to get better and better and better. I'm anxious to see SMU Cincinnati. Okay, this is Cincinnati's first test, right? First test against a team that at one point was, you know, undefeated. All of them were at one point undefeated, but at one point ranked a, a solid SMU team that had a big win over UCF last week. And so I'm really anxious to see this to this game because Cincinnati's been sleepwalking the last four weeks. How are they going to respond against SMU this week? That that's one that's on my that's one I'm going to record and I want to watch and break down. But I mean, there's, I mean, this will be a fun weekend for college football. Every weekend this time of year is a fun weekend for college football. And then the night game, Oregon at Utah. Oregon's probably going to have to beat Utah twice. This one is at Utah. Utah is a very difficult place to play, and I believe Utah is a three-point favorite, which is crazy. Vegas, Vegas knows. Vegas, Vegas is smart. If you ever have a question about it, Vegas knows what they're doing. For some reason, Utah is a is a three point favorite in this game. I'm very I'm gonna I'm this is must see TV for me Saturday night. I can't wait to watch Oregon Utah, and so a lot of things are gonna work themselves out. You know, we have these college rankings, and everybody's oh Michigan State should be ahead of Michigan. All oh, this is it's all gonna work out. It's all gonna work itself out. That's my take on all that. You know, let's transition now to the NFL. Let's look at the NFL now. Like I said earlier, the NFL is what I call the dog days of the NFL. It's right at, you know, middle of the season, right? Teams are 10 games in, 9 games in, 10 games into a 17-game season. This is a tough time. This is a tough time for a lot of these teams. A lot of teams are banged up. You don't see the finish line. And so you see you see a lot of teams you see a lot of upsets, and and that's what's so great about the NFL. What's great about the NFL is the parity in the NFL. And again, I talked about I've talked about this at nauseum on here. The talent discrepancy between the players is gets so it gets less and less 
as you go up in level in football. The talent, I mean, the talent on these teams, some teams are better than others, yes, but the talent discrepancy is so thin between these teams. Any team can win. Yes, even the Texans can win. The Texans have had a week off, and now with Tyrod Taylor at the helm, the Texans with Tyrod Taylor were 1-0 and and had the lead on the Browns until Tyrod Taylor pulled his hamstring. Texans can beat people as long as they haven't lost you know, their hope, as long as they haven't lost their focus. So the Texans can beat the Titans. Yes, I don't think they will beat the Titans because they're playing in Tennessee, but the Texans can win. Any of these teams can win. There are certain teams that are kind of pulling away from the pack. The Packers might be the best team in the NFL. They have one of the all-time great quarterbacks. Like him or not, I think he's one of the all-time great quarterbacks. And right now, they play great defense. That's what separates the best teams in the NFL. A lot of teams have talent. A lot of teams can score points. Can you play defense? I think the teams that play the best defense right now are the Packers and the Patriots. I've said it. I've been on the Patriots when they were back when they were 3-6 and six or 3-5. and five. I can't remember what it was, but I've been on them for a while now. The Patriots are going to be a force to be reckoned with. The Patriots are getting better every week, and they have a quarterback that fits their system. Now, again, I don't think he's the, going to be the best quarterback ever to play the game. No, 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 no. He's not Tom Brady, but he fits their system, and he functions in their system very well. He is very mature. He makes good decisions. He is very effective for the Patriots. He's doing a great job, and they're doing a great job with him. He has a great offensive coordinator in Josh McDaniel, who should be probably a head coach but wants to be the offensive coordinator there. And Bill Belichick's the greatest coach to ever coach in the NFL, no, no doubt. So those, I think, are the two best teams to me right now. I know everybody else thinks, oh, the the Chiefs are the best team right now, or the Titans have the best record. Yes, I think the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. And again, it comes down because I think they're the best coach team in the AFC. And I think the Packers are the best team in the NFC. Packers lost the tight games to the Chiefs, or they'd have the best record in the AFC in the NFC. And that was without Aaron Rodgers. But the teams that emerge from these dog days healthiest will be the ones that are in the end. That are there in the end. And so again, you see a big mosh in the middle. A big group in the middle of the NFL. You have some that are at the bottom. Again, we talked about them last week. You know, you had the Jets, the Texans, the Jets, the Texans, the Dolphins, and what, the uh, Jaguars in the AFC. And so those teams are not near as good. And then you have the Lions in the NFC. Those teams aren't as good. But you saw the Lions take the, get a tie last week with the Steelers. Now that was a Ben, without Ben Roethlisberger which makes a big difference for the Steelers. But still, you get a you get a Lions team that just tied the Steelers. So any of these teams can win, but you have a big group in the middle that are very even. And anybody can win on any given Sunday. And so that's what we're seeing right now. We saw a struggling 49ers team wipe the floor with the Rams. Now everybody's panicking on the Rams. The Rams will be there in the end. The Rams are very talented. They've just added two new pieces to their offense and defense. Okay, the Joker on defense is outstanding. He is a he is a difference maker on defense. Von Miller is a difference maker on defense. And he will be 
it, but it's going to take a few weeks for him to get acclimated to the to his new team. Same thing with with Odell Beckham. I'm not a huge fan, but he's a very talented receiver. And the loss of Woods is is what is was a big blow to the Rams. But but Odell Beckham's going to fill that role, and he's going to be a good player for for the Rams because they have a good quarterback, they have a good coach, they can run the ball. They're going to be there in the end, but it's going to take a few weeks for everything to come together, just like it did for the Buccaneers last year. I think what the Buccaneers were seven and five. I can't. I don't want to misspeak. I think they were seven and five, and then they reeled off all those victories. It takes time for those new pieces to gel on both sides of the ball. And the Rams will be there in the end. They might not get a bye, and they might not be a top seed, but they're going to be there in the end, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the NFC. And, of course, the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to be there, like I said last week, not because I think they're the best team. I think Dak Prescott is playing an elite level. I think he, I think offensively they are exceptional. They have a good offensive line, and they have good weapons on offense, and Dak Prescott is doing an outstanding job. He is playing at quarterback at an elite level. I don't think they're an overall team. I don't think they have the coaching, and I don't think they're an overall team to be there in the end. But they're gonna. They might even get a bye. They might even be top one of the top two seeds because their schedule is very favorable. Now, one thing that has me excited about the NFL, as you know, my Texans are struggling, but I'm also I explained in my first episode I'm an Eagles fan, and they're one of the hottest teams. I love Jalen Hurts. Coached against him in high school. He's from the same from just right down the road from where I grew up, and he grew up in Channel View. I grew up in North Shore. Huge fan. Uh, I love everything about him. He's a coach's son, just like me. I love that they are what they're doing. I love the Eagles. I think they're I think they're getting hot at the right time and I think they're going to be tough to deal with. But in in a very again, a very muddled NFC, middle of the NFC. So, I'm excited about that. But I think they're going to be there in the end. I think the Cowboys are going to be there, the Cardinals are going to be there, Rams, Packers. I think the Packers are the best team right now. I think they're the most complete team in the NFC. Again, because they're going to be good on offense when it comes down to it because of their quarterback and the weapons they have, and they can run the football, and they play great defense. That's what—that's the recipe. Run the football, play great defense. What did Tampa Bay do in the Super Bowl against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs? They ran the ball, and they played great defense. And they have the best trigger puller in the history of the NFL. Tom Brady, yes, but they ran the ball, and they played great defense. And that's how they beat the Chiefs. And that's what the Packers can do. And that's what... uh that's what the Patriots can do as well. And nobody does it better than Belichick. So the big games this week, you know, again, it, it's the NFL. Every game's big, right? Every game is big. We have a big game between the Saints and the Eagles this week. The Eagles have been trending. You know, they had a they lost a tight win. I, I want to say it was in overtime to the to the Chargers. But they catch the Saints now at home. Both of them are kind of in the middle of that pack. Both of them are vying for that, you know, wild card spots. I think, you know, with the Saints without Jameis Winston going to Philadelphia, that's going to be a – I think that's a big game. That's a big game for that middle of the pack in the NFC. Patriots-Falcons on Thursday night. I hate Thursday night games. I like watching football on Thursday nights. But for these guys, I talked about this, I don't think they should play on Thursdays. I don't I don't think their their bodies have not recovered. It's not fair that they have to play on Thursdays. But that's how I, I, I want to see the Patriots continue to progress. But they have a tough game because they're on the road on Thursdays. I think they're much better than the Falcons, but they have to go to Atlanta. It's a significant advantage for the home team on a Thursday night game. 
But but we'll see. So how about this one? Lions Browns, right? The Browns are Browns. Who? What Browns team is going to show up? I just I, I just that that's intriguing to me because you just never know what Browns team is going to show up. But you know, Packers play Vikings. That's a big one. That's a big that's a big inner you know NFC North matchup right there. Packers Vikings. <clears throat> Cowboys and Chiefs. So let's see how this one's going to paint. I know the Chiefs are a favorite. This one is very intriguing to me. So let's talk about this one real quick. Cowboys and the Chiefs. Cowboys are exceptional offense. Chiefs are very suspect on defense. Chiefs offense seems to be getting going. Pat had a great week last week. I, th- I think they're they're trying to find, hey, they're getting back in their groove. It's not like they they forgot how to play. It's just, again, something's been amiss. There's been a, there's been, they've like I said, they kind of lost their edge for a while. They had a big game, big win this week um, against the Raiders. And so I, I want to see this game. I don't know. I'm not, I, I wouldn't even dare try to pick this game because I don't know who's going to show up. I don't know which Cowboys team is going to show up. Don't know which Chiefs team is going to show up. So this, but this is cool. This is going to be a cool game. I think it'd be a fun game to watch. Two quarterbacks that are, I think, elite. And it'll just be a fun game to watch. I think the Chiefs have the coaching edge. And so I would give them the edge in this one. And they're playing in Kansas City. Kansas City's a tough place to play. Arrowhead's tough. But I think they have the coaching edge in that one. And then Cardinals Seahawks, I feel bad. I, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan, and I just hate to say. I mean, he's they are the Seahawks are on the struggle. The Seahawks are on the struggle, and I think there's going to be changes made there. But the Seahawks are struggling right now. And then Steelers Chargers. That's going to be an interesting game. Steelers and Chargers. That's the Sunday night game, which I think is a great Sunday night game. Steelers are five, three, and one. I don't think they've lost in the last goodness six games. I think, and the Chargers are kind of a, a mediocre five and four, but they've had great flashes, and then they've had some some big some big you know mishaps. I would say. So I really, I mean, interesting. You just never know which team's going to show up. Really, kind of in the middle of this pack. You know what the Packers are. You know what you're going to get with the Packers. You know what you're going to get with the Patriots. For the most part, the Cardinals and the Cowboys. The Rams will eventually get back to where they are. And, you know, I mean, the Buccaneers. Are the Buccaneers going to get back on track this week? It's nice they have a home game against the Giants. That helps. So, so we'll see. It'll be an interesting week. Every week in the NFL is interesting. Every week. So, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be a good weekend for football. Some great high school matchups. Looking forward to that game Friday night that I'm going to go get to, get to go watch. Um, and then college football is always great. And then... Hopefully Sunday and Monday get the good NFL games, but uh, again, just enjoy every time I get to watch a game because you know eventually football goes away and it's real sad. And that's usually February after the Super Bowl. It's a very sad time when football's done. But uh, but I thank I want to thank everybody for listening and look forward to visiting with y'all next time on Coach Starns Raw.